From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. So here we are in Genesis. And uh, where we left off is that Jacob is at Uncle Laban's house. And the little guy is just having babies left and right. He's having babies with Leah. He's having babies with Rachel. He's having babies with Leah's servant, having babies with Rachel's servant. He's got 11 kids. Well, 12 if you include Dinah, who's the girl. Uh, And he is one happy little man. I guarantee you he's going around. So, um, oh, uh, yeah, you know, this is, this is, it's Wednesday. Wednesday, you can tell a joke, right? So, uh, Lane and Oli, this is a Lena and Oli joke. Uh, so Lena and Oli live in on the farm. They decided that they're going to raise some pigs. So, uh, so they had not raised pigs before, but they think it's about time to start to, you know, doing something different. And they, they've done a lot of different things, but it's time to raise pigs. So, so uh, Oli goes down to the store and he picks up a pig and he brings the pig home and puts the pig in the pig pen and, uh, and he's, uh, you know, looking around and, uh, and pretty soon he says, you know, there's another other pigs. It, it happened in here. He so it's a, I don't know what's going on. So, uh, so uh, he's uh, talking to his neighbor and, uh, and, uh, and the neighbor says, well, uh, <laughs> you know, you need to have a more than one pig here. He says, well, why don't you come and bring your pig over to my house? And, uh, and so uh, Oli says, okay. I says, uh, I'll, I'll try that. So he, he brings his pig. He puts the pig in the wheelbarrow and he wheelbarrows the pig over to the neighbor's house. And, uh, and he gets to the neighbor's house and drops off the pig and he goes home. And he go, at night, he picks up the pig in the wheelbarrow and brings it home. And, and uh, he puts him in the barn and, uh, and uh, he's still no more pigs. You know, he's, uh, he said, I don't know what's going wrong. This is very, very strange. And so... Uh, so he tries this for about a week or two weeks and uh, it's, uh, finally goes over to his neighbor and he says, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going wrong. Is the neighbor says, well, um, do you have any more pigs? And he says, no, it's just the one pig. And uh, uh, he says, well, tell me what that goes on. He says, well, he says, every day, you know, I wake up and I go uh, into the barn and there's the pig uh, and he's already in the wheelbarrow and he's got a big smile on his face. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, this little levity there. So um, you got to have more than one pig. Uh, you got to have a male pig. You got to have a female pig. Uh, and the male pig going every day over to the other barn is just a pretty fun thing to do. Anyway, so that's Jacob. Jacob, is the, he's in the wheelbarrow just having fun with all the other ladies that he's able to impregnate. And he's got 11 kids and life's going well. So um, I think Jacob's... I think Jacob, you know, is all of us, but I think Jacob's a pretty smart guy. I think he's conniving. I think he's sneaky. I think he's observant. Um, I think he's, uh, I think he's, you know, all of us. Uh, he spent 14 years in Laban's house before he could get Rachel and Leah. And now he's spent some more time to have all these different kids. So he's been away from his homeland for a long time. And now he's got wives, uh, he's got children, he's got, you know, a few animals, he's built, you know, a a life and a legacy, but it's time for him to go home. So we're going to pick up the story then. Um, We finished at Genesis chapter 30, verse 31. So now let's just see what happens in, um, uh, 
let's, uh, yeah, we, we start in verse 24. We're going to start in verse 25. So let's just take a look and see what happens. So after Rachel gave birth to Joseph, this last boy for right now, Jacob said to Laban, send me on my way so I can go back to my homeland. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and I will be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. So, uh, so right now, Joseph, uh, Joseph, Jacob is still living under the tent, if you will, or the tribe of Uncle Laban. And so Uncle Laban is, is the king of the tribe. He's the oldest guy. He's, you know, he's got daughters and sons and flocks and all this sort of thing. And then he's got his nephew. Is that his nephew? Uh, Jacob there. And Jacob, uh, or son-in-law, Jacob is there with, with the two daughters. And he's, he's starting to, you know, come into his own. He's now got all these children and he's been watching Laban's flocks. And Jacob's, we've talked about this before, but Jacob's like not going to grow anymore unless he separates himself from Laban. And so he gathers up the courage. Uh, he's learned this lesson before. It's like, I need, if I'm going to, if I'm going to continue to grow anymore in my life, I can't stay here under the protection of Uncle Laban. I've got to come into my own and I want to go to my homeland. Now, probably in the homeland with Esau, his brother, his twin brother, things have cooled off, uh, but he, you know, he, he doesn't know what's going to happen when he goes back to the homeland. He just knows there's something drawing him back to the homeland. He can't stay where he is. And so he goes to Uncle Laban and he says, listen, I, I got to go back to my own homeland. So let me have my wives and my children. I've served you and I'll be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. Now, he hasn't really talked about any of the other things that he might get when he leaves. I mean, obviously, he's been serving Uncle Laban in the flocks. You know, crops you can't really take with you. Food you can take with you if it's properly, you know, salted or whatever. But you can't really take a whole lot with you if you're going to go back to the homeland. Um, except maybe your wives, maybe a few animals if you've got any. But all the animals are now Laban's, right? He's been serving Laban. So technically, even though Jacob has been out there flocking and shepherding Laban's, you know, entire flocks here, they really belong to Laban, at least at this point. Um, so how's this, how's this separation going to work? So that's, that's how we're going to get into this. So we'll start in verse 27. Laban said to him, if I have found favor in your eyes, please stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. And he added, name your wages and I will pay them. Now this is interesting. Um, so Laban has been apparently very, uh, uh, fruitful. Uh, he's he's gained a lot of flocks. He's gained a lot of power. And now he's got all these grandchildren that he loves. He's got his two daughters that he loves. Um, you know, he really doesn't, Joseph really, does, Jacob doesn't really need to leave. Um, and, and, and Laban here is now trying to make a deal with him. Like, man, just, I, I don't think it's time for you to leave. And he says, I've I've been learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Well, whether or not it's divination or not, I don't know. Um, this is Laban, who is not with the, you know, the tribe of Abraham. Well, I guess he is. Um, but he is he's doing divination, which you probably shouldn't do. Um, well, you shouldn't do divination. And, uh, but you shouldn't, if he has been doing divination, you learn from God that he's supposed to stay, 
that is one thing, but I'm not sure that he's like, you know, I've, God's telling me you got to stay. But instead of saying, God's telling me he's got to, you got to stay. He's saying, I've learned through divination that you got to stay. So I don't know if Laban has learned through divination, if he's really practicing dark magic here, or if it's just, he's trying to grasp at anything to try to get, you know, Jacob to stay. But this is what he says. He says, name your wages and I'll pay them. Well, let's see what happens. Jacob says to him, uh, you know how I've worked for you and how your livestock has fared under my care. The little you had before I came has increased greatly. Aha, yes, it has. And the Lord has blessed you wherever I have been. But now when may I do something for my own household? What shall I give you? He asked. So this is again. Um, so Jacob really truly is the man of God here, I think. Jacob truly has learned from his father Isaac, grandfather Abraham, and has really followed God. Um, and he knows, Jacob knows, because he got the promise from God that, that there's going to be an increase, and the increase is because of God, and Jacob is the benefactor of that increase. But And so Jacob knows this. He, his father told him this. Uh, his grandfather told him this. This is all for you, Jacob. You are, you are the legacy. You're the number one child. It all comes through you. And so Jacob knows this. And, uh, but Jacob's like, well, I appreciate that very much. Um, but I need to create my own household. It is time for me to break free and be my own man in charge of my own household and be the man that God's created me to be. Um, and there's, there's time, you know, this is, we all go through this, you know, you're, you, you have discussion with your children, you know, and they're living under your house and they're like, we like living under your house because you're in charge. You make all the decisions, you make it safe for us. But at some point you've got to kick them out and let them be free and learn how to, you know, how manage their own house and, you know, get married and manage all that. I mean, at some point you can always be there for them. You can always give them guidance and love and protection and all that. But at some point they got to, they got to get out of the house. It's interesting. Um, this, this generation, we did a demographic report. We've been doing some studying, um, and we'll, and the major demographic, there's three major demographics here in the Vale area. And the third largest major demographic is what they call boomerangers, which is where the children haven't quite left home yet. And it's not because they're not maturing or anything. It's just the economic conditions and the way life works and the connections that we used to have into the world around us aren't working. And for a lot of reasons, and none of them are really bad, there's a lot of kids that are still, um, you know, st sticking close to home. You know, they're living at home or they're sticking very, very close to home. And that's, that is an active part um, of, of our community. The thing is, is that they're not necessarily connecting to churches um, by going to church on Sunday, but they need spiritual guidance and they're on YouTube and they're on Facebook and they're on Instagram and they're getting all their information from a whole bunch of different, different uh, areas. And um, churches need to step up and provide good quality uh, information and content for these kids because they may not be, you know, they're highly, highly curious. A lot of them are still religious because they, they've learned from their parents and their grandparents and they see how it's impacted them and they want to be like that. But they're, you know, they're, a lot of them don't even want to step foot in churches because the, the society around us is saying that churches are um, 
wouldn't say evil, but they're they're power hungry, they're corrupt. Um, you know, it's all about the churches, and it's not about the people that they're serving. I mean, there, and there's a lot of churches like that. And so, um, uh, the church, the Christian church in the United States today, has to try to figure out how to reach these kids that may not step foot in the church, but they desperately need to have connection with the life creator of of the life, you know, creation creator of life. Um, so anyway, because these kids now they're coming to the point where they need. Uh, guidance and training and help because now they're you know they're starting to get married and have children and trying to figure out how to be a parent and all that sort of thing and some some parents you know some of these kids are still around their parents they're very helpful but some of them are not and they and they still need that that Christian guidance and training that is so important um, so that they can come into their own and be you know great parents because they're they're wonderful I mean I've I've been around this generation. My kids are this generation, but I've also been, you know, a pastor with a lot of these, these kids in this generation. They're awesome kids. They truly are awesome kids. They're, they're going to change the world. <laughs> um, they just, they just, uh, my prayer is, is that they don't get disconnected from the creator of the universe. And as they go through parenting and struggles of life and all that, that they, they know that there's somebody that they can cling to that loves them more than anything. Um, I don't know how I got off on that. But so uh, Jacob now is like, Uncle Laban, I appreciate it, but I'm going. Well, let's see what happens. Don't give me anything, Jacob replied. But if you will do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watching over them. Let me go through all your flocks today and remove from them every speckled or spotted sheep, every dark colored lamb, and every spotted or speckled goat, they will be my wages. Now, this is interesting. So typically, goats and sheep aren't spotted or speckled or dark, right? They're usually more uh, cream-colored. Um, and I'm guessing that if Jacob looked in the sheep, he saw, he probably saw more, uh, you know, more white sheep than the speckled dark or, you know, speckled, spotted or dark sheep. Maybe it was 5, 10, 15, 20. I don't know. It's probably, it's not the majority. I'll tell you that. It's probably somewhere in the 10 to 20% of the sheep, um, which seems like probably the right, you know, breaking apart. And so what he's saying is let's, let's, let's separate the sheep now. Give me all the spotted, speckled, you know, dark sheep. I'll take those. And then you can have the rest of the sheep. I mean, that's a nice way to, uh, break apart the sheep and then that and then we're gonna you know then I'm gonna leave and, and you'll know that I've got my sheep you've got your sheep because of the whole spotted speckled thing and the uncle Laban's like well this seems like a good deal I look out at my flocks and I don't see a whole lot of spotted speckled dark sheep uh, and goats uh, but I see some and that's enough for him to get him on his journey and you know he's a smart guy he can maybe increase these seems like a good div division of the sheep uh, and it's probably a great division, but Jacob's, Jacob's a little sneak here. So let's just see what happens. So this is verse 33, about four lines down. Uh, they will be my wages and my honesty will testify for me in the future that whenever you check on the wages you have paid me, any goat in my possession that is not speckled or spotted or any lamb that is not dark colored will be considered stolen. 
Agreed, said Laban, let it be as you've said. That same day he removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted and all the speckled or spotted female goats, all that had white on them, and all the dark-colored lambs, and he placed them in the care of his sons. And then he put a three days journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. So, um, so this is, uh, this is interesting. He pulls out, um, he removed all the male goats that were streak spotted and all the speckled female and all the dark and he placed them in the care of his sons. And then he put a three days journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. Hmm, interesting. Let's continue reading. Jacob, however, took fresh-cut branches from poplar, almond and plane trees, and made white stripes on them by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. Then he placed the peeled branches in the all the watering troughs so that they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. When the flocks were in heat and came to drink, they mated in front of the branches, and they bore young that were streaked or speckled or spotted. Jacob set apart the young of the flock by themselves, but made the rest face the streaked and dark-colored animals that belonged to Laban. Thus he made separate flocks for himself and did not put them with Laban's animals. Whenever the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would place the branches in the trough in front of the animals so that they would mate near the branches. But if the animals were weak, he would not place them there. So the weak animals went to Laban and the strong ones to Jacob. In this way, the man grew exceedingly prosperous and came to his own large flocks and female and male servants and camels and donkeys. So, so this is, now this is interesting. Um, so Jacob, all of a sudden, you know, all the, all the speckled, spotted, dark, you know, they're all gone. And all he's left is with white sheep and they're breeding. And all of a sudden you get speckled, spotted, dark sheep again. Now, Jacob thinks it's because of this, um, because he put peeled branches in the watering troughs and, you know, he did all this fancy stuff. Um, and uh, it's, it's not because of all this stuff. I mean, I don't think so. I think it's because you can get recessive genes in sheep and goats. Uh, so you might have speckled recessive gene in a male and a female goat. Uh, and then all of a sudden they have, you know, children and they can be spotted or speckled. You don't have to um, have a male and a female that are obviously carrying the recessive spotted gene to have this. Now, jo Jacob doesn't know this. He's not a geneticist. He hasn't followed, you know, genetic, you know, 19th, 20th century genetics. He thinks it's because of the poplar tree, you know, the bark and all that sort of thing. I don't think there's nothing here that says it's the power of God that's changing it, right? And and Jacob prayed to God and said, "Dear God, you know, I'll I'll set up sticks and if I set up sticks with the poplar plant and all this and they mate, then, you know, give me more, you know, goats that I want." No, I mean, it, this is just genetics that's going on. But he's getting a large and prosperous his own flocks, his own so, I mean, whatever he's doing, he is, he's being a little sneaky here, right? Because he's taking the, the strong ones and giving the weak ones back away. So he's not dumb. Uh, he's sending back, if you will, the weak ones. 
Um, but he's growing into his own. He's becoming prosperous in his own large flocks. And I just want to finish this last thing. So uh, uh, Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken everything our father owned and has gained all this wealth from what belongs to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude toward him was not what it had been. And then the Lord said to Jacob, so now we have God, go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives and I will be with you. So there you have it. Um, he makes a deal with Laban. He separates you know, the, the goats based upon spotted, spotted speckled, dark sheep and goats. Uh, the sons are not all that great in, at sheep herding. Obviously, the you know Jacob is he's smart. He he has done a good job by raising the flocks. It doesn't take him long before he is able to have his own flock that is all strong and ready for the journey. And uh, the sons, of course, are complaining. You know, Jacob's keeping all the good sheep. We're getting all the bad sheep. No, it's just that you haven't figured out how to be good sheep herders. Jacob has, and uh, and now Jacob has enough wealth. My goodness, he's got, he's got sheep, he's got wives, he's got servants, uh, he's got everything he's, and now he can go back to his homeland with his head high on his shoulder saying, I did it, I went to Uncle Laban, I became my own man, and now I'm coming back, and I'm going to run the tribe, it'll be my tribe, because I am, I, I got the birth order blessing, you know, I got the blessing, and uh, it's all it's all with me. So, um, uh, yeah, I got the birthright and the blessing. And so I'm now I've now come into my own, you could say. And now I'm ready to take the mantle of leadership. I guess he's Simba in the Lion King, where he goes off uh, and stays away from the the pride for a long time and grows into a you know into a full grown lion. Um, now he has Nala. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's the classic story, if you will, of, you know, boy, boy is destined for greatness. Uh, boy has some tragedies in his life. Uh, boy, boy sticks to God, stays close to God. Um, and he does some hard things. He leaves without anything. He goes to uncle Laban and at Uncle Laban, he picks up two wives, 11 children, um, herds, flocks, servants, and everything. And I mean, it really truly is a remarkable success story. I mean, we should be proud of Jacob at this point because uh, he has done well for himself. And he's not, uh, he's not, um, I don't know if, if he cheated with all those sheeps and the goats. I mean, I, I get the impression that he didn't. I mean, when you read it, uh, you know, it sounds like he may have been, and maybe he was taking the strong ones, but maybe he realized that the sons, you know, they weren't really gonna do well anyway. I don't know. I mean, you can you can go back and debate that, but I I believe that Jacob he might have been a little sneaky, but I do believe he's an honest man, and I do believe that he's trying to do right by everybody. But what he really wants more than everybody anything is to go back to his homeland and take back the mantle of leadership that was given to him by God. And he didn't want to do it at home. He wanted to go and make it of himself. Now this resonates highly with me. Um, I've always, uh, uh, well, 
Yeah, I mean, it just resonates highly with me. I've always wanted to, I've got this huge streak of pride in me that is horrible, that I've always wanted to make it on my own terms, on my own, you know, my, on, on my own, which at some level is pride. It's huge pride because none of us ever make it on our own. Uh, Jacob, Jacob would never have made it if Laban had not taken him in you know, giving him the two daughters. You know, you can say, well, seven years of service or 14 years of service is, is good compensation for the daughters. I mean, you could debate that about how, but he was still under the protection of Laban. Laban obviously did all these deals with him. I mean, and he leaves him, I think, in a fair way. He comes in a fair way and he leaves in a fair way. Uh, but Jacob has done very, very well for himself. And I think that's something to be proud of. And there is something about leaving home, you know, making a name for yourself. If, I don't want to make a name for yourself. You know, g g leaving home and doing your own thing and, you know, trying to, trying to make it on your own resources. You'll never do it because you're always relying on other people. So, but at some point, I guess what I'm trying to say is at some point you have to leave the comfort of your surroundings and move out. And just basically stand up for yourself and be your own person, be your own man, be your own wife, you know, get a family, all that sort of thing. I mean, that's just part of growing up. And Jacob has done that. So um, that's where we are. So the Lord said to Jacob, go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives and I will be with you. And so um, that is now the command of Jacob. That's the end of verse three. We'll pick it up at verse four tomorrow. Um, and uh, yeah, let's close in prayer. Dear God, thank you uh, for this study today. Thank you for the example of Jacob. Um, continue to be with us uh, as we navigate life. Help us to know that you're always with us. And uh, be with us until we meet again tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.